hello to all of our fantastic listeners throughout the school division or wherever you may be. Thank you for checking in to another episode of Northern Lives, the official podcast of Northern Lights Public Schools. Now, we've got something a little bit different in store for you today, uh, something that I'm very excited for. Now, in the grand scheme of things, it actually hasn't been that long since video games became playable at home. But in the 35 or so years since the first major video game console came home, the games industry has grown into a $100 billion a year business, allowing people to play games like never before with people all across the world. Among the numerous game development studios around the globe, one sticks out as vital to our province. BioWare, which is responsible for creating hugely successful games uh, like Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, as well as the Mass Effect and Dragon Age series, uh, is based right in Edmonton. So today we're catching up with Bjorn Taylor, a Northern Lights grad who's playing a key role in the development of BioWare's latest blockbuster game, Anthem. Bjorn, thanks for having this little chat with me today. No, I have mostly positive memories of, of being back in like, the Northern Lights division. Like <laughs> mostly it, it, positive. <laughs> yeah, like anyone who says that their their uh, grade school education was completely positive is completely nuts. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the majority of it was a was a great time. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You know where you grew up, which schools you went to, um, and what you do now. Um, I am the lead systems designer um, currently at Bioware. Um, on the Anthem project, I guess we're primarily working on that project, but that is that is what I'm working on. I grew up um, mostly around the Coal Lake area. Um, the yeah, I went to uh, Grand Center Elementary School for K through four. At that point, uh, my family moved out to the country, and I went to Ardmore School for grades 5 through 9. And then it was Bonneville Centralized High School, because that was the natural place. And then we moved back into what was now Cold Lake, and it was the Grand Center High School before that also moved. Right, before that changed its name and everything. That's right. Ardmore was an interesting place, um, especially coming from uh, Grand Center. Because when school was in session, there were more people in the school than there were in like the little village. The uh, the the interesting thing about it though was uh, because there was only enough like kids to do like one class for each grade. You actually really got to know the people you were in school with. Unlike in Grand Center Elementary, where there was like two to three classes and kids sort of fluctuated with who you were with each year. So you really got to know people, which was. An interesting experience. Mm-hmm. So, lead systems designer, tell me what does that actually entail in your job at Bioware? So, what I do is primarily I am looking out for progression systems. Um, so, leveling up your character, collecting items, um, yeah, like gaining power, like going from from nothing to a super powerful character, and then handling the end game to allow players to continue to play for as much time really as they would like. So you're kind of in charge of overseeing and designing, you know, these, these RPG mechanics that run throughout the game then. Yes. The, uh, RPG mechanics is a reasonable way to put that. And now working on Anthem, that's no small deal. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the most anticipated games, uh, out there right now. What other games have you worked on? Um, so I started right when, uh, Bioware was finishing up 
DLC for Mass Effect 1. Okay. Um, which was Bring Down the Sky. So I was there for the full uh, length of Mass Effect 2. And then after Mass Effect 2, uh, Mass Effect 3. And then after that, I moved right onto production for, at that uh, time, Dylan, but now Anthem. Uh, but there were a few brief stints uh, where I worked on DAI, uh, which is Dragon Age Inquisition, and Mass Effect Andromeda. Not very long on either of them, but towards the end of a project, you tend to make it all hands on deck. Mm-hmm, for sure. Now, what's it like for you? I mean, Mass Effect 2 in particular is viewed as one of you know the best games, at least of the last generation of, of consoles. What's it like to work on a project like that and have it so well received by not just the public, but critics across the it world? It was a really fun project to work on. Um, at that time, I was a level designer. So I got to, like, build levels. Uh, like, I was a huge fan of, of Bioware from a lot of their earlier stuff having to do with D&D. Um, so it was, like, it was amazing to work on that project. Um, but it, ultimately, that project totally spoiled me because it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was well run. It went smoothly. It only took two years and it was just huge success and critically acclaimed. And now, of course, like teams are, are getting bigger and bigger all the time, and it's more and more infrastructure. And yeah, so t- totally a nice, smooth transition into the industry. <laughs> what interested you in going into game development as a career? Um, well, like most uh, teenagers, I think I, I loved the video games <laughs> before uh, getting into school. But uh, I was in uh, computing science, um, like studying to be a programmer. And when it, it came up for the option to do internships, you looked into what was available, and doing games seemed infinitely more fun than doing a regular programming job. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to that interview. And I, I guess I, I did okay in the interview. The, uh, yeah, I... It wasn't that I, I set out um, personally to make video games like when I started uh, the education. It was just it was something that was available because I was in computing science and uh, the science faculty. Mm-hmm. So it was available, and it was still part of your you know interest and everything. So that was kind oh of, oh yeah you know. no I just I just assumed that it would like it's one of those things where you're like yeah sure go into video games right yeah <laughs> and then it was just yeah when it became available I I jumped on it. I'm sure making games isn't all fun and games. What are what are some of the best things about your job, and what are some of the things that you find most challenging? So the best part about the job is that from time to time you get to do some fairly creative things with your time. And then once you're done, it's a really satisfying feeling to see a game go to the public, like to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's just it's a really wonderful feeling to go out there, and plus you can you can read internet articles. Like people are especially like by where we tend to generate a lot of passion. Yeah, usually positive, sometimes not so positive. But <laughs> yes, people are engaged. The uh, the the downsides for the job though are definitely uh, it, it is a very long time um, between when you really make something. Even on like a quick project, if you're doing a full game, it takes two years. Mm-hmm. Like that is like, and those are the quick ones. So it can be a very long time. And in those times, you have to, to build the game. You have to figure out what you're actually doing. Um, 
it's just like there's a lot of, of overhead to making games and that can be be very stressful um, especially like because so many of the people care everyone cares but they're not always aligned so you have to resolve those and try and, and keep everyone like motivated and as happy as they can be that way we can get to the end and everyone can be super pleased that we've released this awesome product is it difficult to kind of rein people in to have a, a similar vision and to work towards the same end goal? Depends on their backgrounds, um, but it can be. Especially, uh, we have, like, there's multiple departments within a gaming studio. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the design department, which I'm a part of. You have art, programming, production, like, uh, quality assurance. It's And everyone has their own... Um, sort of goals and their own ways of looking at things and to align everyone can be a challenge yes so for students who you know are thinking that maybe game development is something that they might be interested in um, what kind of advice would you give to them and what can they start doing right now in high school to prepare for that Um, so when you're at the high school level what I would say like if you want to be taken in by one of the like especially the the larger studios or uh, like the ones making like console games um you really need to get into one of probably a couple of well i we'll start with design and, and programming there's computing science of course which i mentioned earlier but also the vancouver film school uh has um really good programs for design we have hired several people out of there I'm not exactly sure on on artists uh, where they go, but like the big point is you, you really need to do something with post secondary um, in order to really have a shot at it. Like you could probably do it through indie. Um, it's definitely a much more competitive market, and it 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 is no easier to get into because even though you can just make whatever you would like, mm-hmm. there's such a massive amount of people that it's. It'll be tough. Like, it's tough to dis- to distinguish. Right. And I think it's probably worth noting for the people who are listening who you may not be familiar with the industry that, you know, Bioware isn't a small independent studio that's producing small games. Yeah, we're uh, right now, like, uh, on Anthem, I think we're closing in on 300 people. Yeah. Um, but that's not the whole of Bioware either because there's other um, projects being worked on. But there's also... Uh, uh, like, like we're not even all in Edmonton. Like we're mostly in Edmonton, but mm-hmm. we've also got uh, a number of the uh, developers who created uh, Slotor um, are also now helping us out on Anthem and, and working exclusively on that. Okay, so let's let's kind of go back to you and your personal life. Uh, you mentioned, of course, growing up playing video games. Um, what was the first game that you remember playing? For a video game, one of the first games. I'm not sure what it would, like, which one specifically, but uh, Zellers in Grand Center used to sell these little, like, three-and-a-half-inch floppy, like, demo games. Those are probably the first ones. <laughs> the first one that I probably sat down and played all the way through that was actually a big game uh, was a game called Star Control 2, which I'm, I'm sure no one in any of your high schools will have ever heard of. It was giant, expansive. And you, you had, like, a spaceship, and you collected other spaceships and explored planets. It was, it was great. So with that, um, what are some of your all-time favorite games? Um, so all-time favorite games. Uh, Star Control 2 was on that list, of course. Um, Baldur's Gate 2 uh, was the one that really... Uh, 
that really made me fall in love with Bioware. Um, it was just this massive game where you can essentially rise to become a god, and you just started like this little guy in in a library. Uh, more recently, um, well, recently at this point, World of Warcraft was pretty huge. Mm -hmm. um, the most spectacular part of their game is it's still going. It's still releasing expansions every two years, which is mind blowing. Uh, more recently, though, uh, Dark Souls. Um, I'm a huge fan of that game. They such intricate puzzle mechanics and rewarding of skill. Not uh, very, very little hand holding. It's it's a very it is very good at what it set out to do. Mm -hmm. Not for the faint of heart, definitely. No, like uh, it's it's very old school actually. Uh, because like console games when I was a kid, like uh, like Nintendo or Genesis games. Um, like they, you had continues like lives, so it's very much a. It, it is on that level of extremeness. Mm -hmm. On the more lighthearted side, though, I uh, I also really love Mario Kart, especially oh, the newest course. one that they did on uh, the the Wii U and now re released on the Switch. It's uh, it's a fantastic game. It's incredible, isn't it? I love it. I uh... you can play online with other countries now. I've, I told uh, my my sister, she got married last year, and she wanted to know, she asked me and my wife, like, oh, you know, what, what do you guys do, you know, to keep a, a strong and healthy marriage? And no lie, I said Mario Kart. I said, nothing will build and simultaneously tear apart your relationship <laughs> like Mario Kart will. That's right, especially if one of you is, like, winning, because then it's like, I've got the blue shell. It's the time to use the blue shell. That, it, it, there's, there's that, you know, that dialogue in your head. It's like, okay, my wife's in first. Do I go for first and use the blue shell, or do I save my marriage? And, That's right. And just hang on to it. <laughs> and, and the really thing is, like, okay, so I've got these, like, blue or the red shells. It's like, do I just use them now to just knock them off the track, or do I wait till she's over a big gap? <laughs> Wait till it really hurts the most, right? That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. I mean, it sounds like you're you're a big fan of games that really let you be immersed and involved in a a huge world uh, and in a fantastic world as well. Yeah, immersive is uh, is probably the number one um, selling point of a good game, and uh, for a lot of people, that means uh, deep stories. It doesn't have to. the 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 litmus test that I would use is. Could you be watching Netflix while you're playing this? If the answer is yes, probably it's not immersive enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it needs to be really fun and like it, it takes your attention. Mm -hmm. that, and that's that's kind of where I am at too. I think I'm at a point where I I need something that not only can I really be involved in, but lets me emotionally attach myself to uh, to the story. Yeah. Um, there's games in the past that have done that. You know, Final Fantasy IX is probably my all-time favorite. Um, you know, that just when, you know, I was, what, 10 probably when that came out. And just, you know, the, the relationships of those characters really spoke to me. But, I mean, even something like Breath of the Wild, just the ability to go into that game and just get lost. Yeah, like, they're definitely uh, the single-player games. There's not many of them anymore that mm -hmm. are giant big budget. But the ones that do still exist, like Skyrim was... Uh, the last one before Breath of the Wild, and now Breath of the Wild, they're they're gigantic games because they have to be. Because like if you're gonna if you're gonna go all in on this world and really like sell it, you need you need the detail everywhere, and you need to go for it. And it's so interesting, like you said, with those single player games. You know, you kind of have 
two types. You have those immersive single player open world where you can just go and be in this massive detailed environment. And then you have on the other end, you know, you have your Uncharted and your Tomb Raiders that are very story driven and very linear that don't really allow you to go off and do your own thing. You know, you're on a set path, right? Those ones uh, in particular actually will are facing challenges at the moment. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they need to uh, change more or less how their business models go. The uh, like Telltale seems to be doing all right, but uh, like with their they recently got their Batman uh, episodes. But the the issue nowadays is because technology changes. We've got things like Twitch, where people will watch a a single player game rather than actually play it themselves. Mm-hmm. Which is where Breath of the Wild and Skyrim they don't have that issue because sure you could watch someone play Breath of the Wild for a long period of time, but it's you also just want to get in there and have your own story. Do it yourself, yeah. That's right. Whereas if you're watching a single character. That's, it's a lot easier to just consume that, which we're used to doing anyway because everyone binge-watches nowadays. Like, I don't think uh, the single-player, like the, the linear story games like that, are going to disappear, but I do think that they'll probably have an evolution in the near, like, future. Because mm-hmm. people, like, really like stories. It's just you have to make sure that you've also got a, a profitable business, especially uh, with how much games now cost to make. Right. A, a big thing. Like, the the cost of, have skyrocketed over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, in both the size of the team, the cost of the tech, how long it takes to make assets. Yeah. Now, we've kind of talked about this little tangent here about what makes games great. We've talked about that immersion and that involvement and that attachment to the world and characters. What do you find, you know, in your position, what can break a game quicker than anything else? Oh, man. For myself, it can definitely be little things. Um, can, can prevent you from making it. Like, there's a... Uh, use an example. Um, Dragon's Dogma. It's a fantastic game. Um, you can you can climb on big creatures. You can stab them in weak points. It's got really cool uh, elements where you go out on like these these long treks and like your character wears down. But I've tapped out of that game at this point on three different occasions, just because of like one small mechanic that'll that'll block me for like, and then it'll cause me to reload a quick save like a half hour earlier. Um, you, you really got to like the experience that the player goes through is really, like, the attention to detail needs to be there. Um, like, it, it's easy to see games that are, are clearly, like, unfinished or with just, like, tons and tons of bugs everywhere. It's like, okay, of course that's going to fail. Mm-hmm. But uh, ones that are, like, where it's otherwise an amazing game, a few, like, flaws where it's just you didn't... It wasn't in front of the right people, um, necessarily, because, like, as a developer, you can get a lot of very, like, tunnel vision, like, when you're making a game. So you go to focus groups, you go to, uh, like, data sometimes, like, you do lots of other tests, and hopefully you catch those things, but it can hurt you, um, depending on the game. Okay, so Anthem coming out in 2019, which you're working on, um, what is something that, you know, players who are looking forward to that, what's one of the best things that you can tell us about that game? What are people really going to love about it? Um, well... The best part about it is it's a, it's a fully co-op experience where you run around in, uh, like, robot suits, um, essentially. Well, it wouldn't be robot. You're inside it. But, yeah, you've got these suits of armor, um, which allow you to fly. You've got a bunch of different abilities because, of course, uh, you're, you're superhuman. You can strap on different uh, gear or weapons to your suit. And then you go out and you explore this this crazy world where you fight, like, giant monsters and 
and enemies. Like it's it's the it's the co-op nature that we're really uh, that we're really going after this time. Um, like Bioware's traditionally done a lot of the uh, like very single player, uh, like lots of like tight cameras, like focus detail. Mm-hmm. Like there is still definitely a story, but we're also putting at least as much attention now on. Like, we really want four players to be out there and, like, playing together. We want it to be a game that people can have fun with their friends, which is something we haven't really done in the past, but it's it's a fun challenge for us. Like, we, we've had a little bit before. Uh, Mass Effect's had uh, multiplayers, at least in the last couple of iterations, which worked out reasonably well. Um, but, yeah, like, this is... It, 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 it should be a lot of fun, and it is when we're playing our, our own, uh, like, development builds. Well, thanks again, Bjorn. I really appreciate this. Uh, this has been a lot of fun for me. Um, yeah. And, and it's been great to kind of hear about the the ins and outs of what goes on and and uh, looking forward to checking the fruits of your labor out uh, next year. Yeah, I'm, I, I couldn't be more excited. It's been a long time since I've released a full game. If you're interested and want to check out some of the work that's gone into Anthem, the game that Bjorn has been working on, check out our website where we'll have links to the Bioware website as well as YouTube videos uh, featuring gameplay footage uh, that's been released by the studio. And if you or someone that you know has a story that you think should be featured on the Northern Lives podcast, feel free to send us an email to northernlives at nlsd.ab.ca. Thank you so much again for listening. My name is Dallin. We'll catch you next time. Bye.